in the love the number five. I have to pick up. I'm wearing a towel. Robin, you're naked. Stop looking at me, Swan. You have until the count of five. Hello everybody, it's the God Till 5 podcast. My name is Max, he's Jesse crawling in my Quim Bend. <laughs> I just came over there on the spot, I'm a comedy genius. You're a comedy genius, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm wearing the same t-shirt that I wear in the intro video there. That's not deliberate, that's an accident. That's oh, so fun though, isn't it? No Continuity. Live. Continuity, exactly. my friend. Welcome to probably the episode I've been most excited about. I'm... I'm just looking forward to it. No one's going to listen because no one's as nerdy as us, I don't think. But um, I just enjoy, um, this is my favourite band in the world, so I like being nerdy about them. Exactly. Bit of, bit of backstory. Linkin Park, I think, was a catalyst for yours and my's love. I think so. Uh, we um, So we met at school when we were 12, probably, right, 12 or 13. Um, and um, we actually knew each other, but didn't like each other for about a year before we became friends. Do you remember? I do. And then, and then at the age of about twelve, we became friends, and that friendship was cemented by me burning you a copy of Hybrid Theory, um, which because um, I have to buy friends with like stuff, so I just get just <laughs> have music, be my, my friend. friend now. Love me. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have siblings. I don't know how that shit works. Um, it works. So. It did work, because you're still here today, which is lovely. Also, do you find it weird that we did that, what, uh, 20 uh, years ago? No, yeah, no, nearly 20 years ago. 15 years ago. And now we're still talking about Linkin Park on the 20th anniversary of Hybrid Theory being released. It is. Oh, man, my vinyl collection's downstairs. I should have grabbed it, shouldn't I? I bought you the should've. Hybrid Theory um, 20th anniversary collection with all the records and um, other stuff. It's awesome. It's um, well worth a purchase if anyone should have made a bloody effort, shouldn't you, Jesse? I oh, know. Sorry, it's down in the living room, but it's down there because I've been like listening to and watching all the stuff that's in it. So it's down there for a good reason. Yeah. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to be kicking back, listening to some Linkin Park songs. This is only for the live crowd to enjoy. Podcast people, apologies. You're going to be getting snippets. And we're going to be talking about the history of the songs, why we think they're under- underrated why people need to listen to more of them. And you've actually got an interesting theory that really anything past the two albums is underrated. Well, yeah, it is. like, And, and even maybe just after the first album, because like you were saying, um, it feels like Meteora, their second album, was just as well received and high profile as Hybrid Theory, their first album, which if anyone mm-hmm. listening doesn't know, Hybrid Theory is like record-breaking, ridiculous, like the most mainstream of all mainstream albums, I think um what's its stat there's something mental like i think it remains oh you've got you know it do you? it sold 10 million 481 thousand sales as of 2017 there you go and i think that it's Quite like right. the only yeah it was like the first album in the 2000s to sell millions or whatever like it's ridiculous which like that's next to like britney and stuff like that do you know what i mean that was massive at the time and it's just mental that a band like lincoln park did that um, but yeah, me, so about anything after that, it feels like anything could be underrated because it was so massive, it just went down. Here we go. Someone's commented, um, Meteor is next on the album. Totally agree. Um, totally but agree. like, it is awesome. All their albums are good in their own ways, but they just didn't sell as well as Hybrid Theory, which is a shame. And the problem I was saying to you about picking these underrated Linkin Park songs, because we haven't really put any um parameters around what makes them underrated i think it's as long as they're not 
platinum or gold or you know they're not a massive number one billboard chart we've kind of put them in here um so it was difficult to kind of narrow down what is an underrated linkin park song because when you love the band as much as we do we think that every song is kind of common knowledge or very mainstream popularity and in my research it's not the case not the case at all no you get caught in your own little bubble don't you you do and that's why it was so hard to kind of narrow it down and go well clearly everyone knows this one but no but no no very strange times lincoln park like based on like um based on who i've seen is watching this right now and listening based on their usernames it's not going to be the case with the people listening now but generally i didn't realize how much hate lincoln park get as a band as well like they yeah i guess yeah it just seems like a lot of i think a lot of people just like maybe it's because they were around a lot when they first came out so people just got sick of seeing them so much so even though they've done all this amazing music and stuff, sort of a lot of people who haven't actually given the time to listen to them just lump them in with that new metal sort of phase of the early 2000s and just think, oh, they're just another one of those shit bands. But I think those people haven't actually listened. They just sort of, the, na- the name Linkin Park just brings up that in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that was very much the case, especially when Meteora came out. A lot of people heard the band um, and you were just like, no, 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 this, this is not good. But you're right, they never gave it a chance. And that's unfair. And also people viewing, thank you for tuning in. We're glad you're on the Linkin Park right here. Uh, one thing I want to say is if you have any favorites as we're kind of going through or any uh, memories of Linkin Park, because obviously everyone knows what happens and it's good to kind of reminisce about all the good stuff about Linkin Park as well, uh, then please pop it in the comments and we're happy to hear your thoughts and comments. And yes, Linkin Dark, they did get a lot of hate for One More Light and I will be getting to that uh, because I think One More Light is one of my favorite albums. Yeah, I've dropped it. I've dropped it at the start of the show. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great album. But everyone did the (laughs) same thing where they just go, um, oh, it's it's new, it's a different sound. But if you listen to Linkin Park and their albums, every sound evolves as it goes through. Yeah, totally. Like that guy just said in the comments, uh, like they can't stay the same all the time. And if they did, people would be bitching just as much. They'd be like, oh, why don't they ever evolve and change their sound up? They did evolve and people still shit on it. Exactly. So can't let's, let's kick off with number five. Jesse, you're starting the show this week. Uh, give us a little background. We'll listen to the song, nice. chill out, everyone together, and then uh, come back and chat. Lovely. You know, no, first, first you talk. About oh, it, I, I'm talking first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I talk bit. first, and then you play this. There you okay, go. Okay, cool. Professional. Um, so, um, there was an album in 2002, I think, um, called Reanimation, which was a remix album of Hybrid Theory, where basically all of Mike Shinoda's mates and him just took all the Hybrid Theory songs, remixed them, and brought them in. Some were great, some weren't so great, but all in all, I think it's pretty cool. Um, the remix of In The End, called, if you can see on the screen now, um, In The End, which is like, <laughs> they named them all, um, sort of, they named them all tech speak because that was cool at the time. Um, so they did that within the end. Um, what I really like about this one is, first off, I enjoy that they've broken up the piano loop, you know, the mm-hmm. iconic piano loop at the start mm-hmm. of In The End that sort of goes through most of the song. They've broken it up and it sounds like, um, I thought my disc was scratched when I first listened to this. Um, <laughs> Such a cool this CD. Kid. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it was like, and I was like, oh fuck! Like I was like really like watching it and taking it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not until the drums come in two bars in or whatever that you realise, oh no, it's all right. But what's cool about this? Obviously, the original song in the end is not an underrated Linkin Park song. It's one of their most successful singles of all time. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about this one is not only is it a remix, but there's additional verses that Mike Shinoda wrote. And I think it's the uh, well in the first verse he goes off on a different tangent than he does in the original song, and in the um, last verse he almost he's singing about the original song. He's singing about when he wrote the lyrics to the original in the end, and how his mindset has changed now. And that's just fucking cool. Like who else has done that in a remix song? You're not only remixing the song, but you're telling us how you feel about the old song now in the remix, which is a bit Inception and weird. But I think it's wicked. Method Man's verse in the middle, who features in this song, I could kind of do without, to be honest with you. I like Method Man, but he's not at his best in this song. It's all about the Mike Shinoda verses for me in this. Beautiful, beautiful lead-in, Jesse. So, everyone just... uh, Basically, we're just going to be a radio show for the next hour or so, but only playing Linkin Park songs, which I think is how the world should be. I'm well into this. Here's Jesse's number five pick, and from Reanimation. (laughs) The end reanimation. Nice. Excellent choice. Do you like it? I did like it. I did like it. I also liked when I was watching that. I don't know if you can see me, but I can see you. Uh, <clears throat> viewfinder. Yeah. Ah, I can't see. Oh, you. it's great. Jesse was like a little robot, and he just sat, just waiting for the song to end, just bobbing his little head away. And I was like, me and Jesse used to do radio <laughs> together. Whenever I'd have him in the studio, he would not sit quietly. He'd be a fucking little nightmare to deal with. So it's uh, it's nice to see you quiet for once. <clears throat> Well, I'm on my own, right? So, like, when that's happening, I can't see you. So I'm suddenly in solitude. <laughs> and I need, like... So when I'm doing radio with you normally, you're there to annoy. So I could, like, grab your little head. Not a little, it's massive. Like, grab your massive head and squeeze it and stuff, like, when the oh, songs yeah. are playing. But you're there's cool. nowhere near to do that to. You're all I did take own. my ears out um, halfway through because they were digging into my neck. Beautiful, beautiful. You disgusting creature. That was uh, <laughs> Jesse's number five pick. And the end, I don't even know how to say it, reanimation. Excellent choice. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Please let us know uh, your thoughts and feelings on it. Now it's time for me to save the day. And I'm going on the complete opposite end of the spectrum to the last album, Nobody Can Save Me. Yes, Max, that is the next Nice, the opening track. Yes. And interestingly enough, this song is described as a glitch. And it's uh, the way it's described is kind of a rebirth in the band's career. Because if you think about it, going from Hunting Party to this album is such a massive jump in terms of um, style and what everyone was into. And... I love this album. I think it's one of the best ones they've ever produced. I can listen to it top to bottom again and again. But I know the criticism of it being too poppy and going away from the start. And it's like, come on, man, you gotta you gotta evolve with the times and go with it. But what, what's your view on the album, Jesse? Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, really good. But and again, that criticism annoys me because. Um, saying it's too poppy or that they're moving in a poppy direction is bollocks. Because like you just said, Hunting Party, right, was like the album before, and it's probably the heaviest thing they've ever done. So I think they sort of got to that point in their career that 
they were um, just experimenting with sound. So they were like, okay, this album is going to be our sort of heavy hardcore album in the hunting party. Now we're going to do a pop album with one more light. But if Chester was still with us, they would have moved on to other albums and explored other genres and just yeah. done other stuff. So that's all this was. This wasn't, this wasn't a destiny. It feels like a destination now because we now know that it's going to be the last Linkin Park album. But at the time, it wasn't a destination. It was a journey and they were moving through to other stuff. So yeah. I th- and I think it's brilliant. I think as far as pop music goes, you can't get much better than this. No, I think I think it hits, and I really struggled to pick which song I wanted to have on here. Um, I was going between like Battle Symp- uh, Symphony, Halfway Right, which yeah, I think good. is like one of the most beautiful Chester songs, where it's talking about his addiction and everything like that. Sharp Edges, Good Goodbye. There's just it just goes hit after hit after hit, and uh, spot on the on in the comments, someone says one more light seems to be like Chester's goodbye letter, but that might just be me and my own view. I hundred percent agree with that. I if you listen to the songs it does i mean chester's always had that kind of um way with his lyrics that any moment could be a ooh, that's a warning sign or that's a warning flag but one more light each track really did have that element to it like heavy we were listening to it the other day jesse and it is kind of a difficult listen now heavy even though it's such a great song yeah i think the ones one more light the song uh, like that person was saying in particular but um all of this album has that vibe about it but i think yeah. it's because it came out so close as well but you can look at any like the lyrics chester wrote his whole career had that sort of energy about them like somewhere i belong yeah um breaking the habit um just all these songs sort of have the same uh run away um crawling you know like they're um such famous songs that you almost forget that they were written by Chester as well. Do you know what I mean? And they have that sort of energy about them. Um, but but yeah, the One More Light stuff is a, can be a tough listen now um, after what happened. But yeah, all yeah. this stuff is like that. But again, like you think of bands like, I don't know, like Papa Roach or something like that, right? Like imagine if the guy from Papa Roach killed himself, right? Suddenly everyone would be looking at their back catalogue and reading into the lyrics of those songs in a completely different light than they do oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Or any band. Do you know what I mean? So it's not always intended to be like that. But again, I think Lincoln Park said it themselves when um, after Chester died, that the sort of thing they put out, rest in peace Chester and all that, they mentioned in their sort of public announcement, they said the, the same thing that, um, the same thing that, brought you that made your song so amazing is what's taking you away from us do you know what i mean yeah yeah completely and this song itself um the band felt that it was one of the kind of foundational songs of the album that started that emotional arc it also features john green who's the singer of uh, english band the bonfires um makes an appearance as well and just in overall in terms of talking about this album um the band and shinoda specifically said that uh this took a long time to finish his exact quote was there are certain songs that are almost like notorious in our catalog for having so many versions such as somewhere i belong bleed out but um actually no nobody can save me the song itself the words the melody and the chords came really quickly but it took so long to actually get the track right and that's why they kind of put so much effort and love into this song so it's, uh, it's that's a- another thing. Sorry, that's another thing about One More Like the album, which is so cool as well. There's so many guest artists on it. Yes. And I kind of like that. I like that they're bringing, like Reanimation from, you know, the album from the song I just played. Like it's, um, 
uh, it's nice to get your friends involved with this stuff. Share the wealth. Do you know what I mean? Share If you're a successful band like Linkin Park and you whack someone that you respect musically on a song, they're going to get more popular just automatically from that. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah, John Green is on so many. He's on um, like Nobody Can Save Me and Battle Symphony. Uh, what else is he on? He's on quite a few on this record, but also stuff like Good Goodbye I mentioned. Uh, they're such massive fans of Stormzy and Pusha T that they're like, we've got to get Stormzy on no matter what. And I love Stormzy, one of the greatest artists of the past five, ten years. I do find his verse in Good Goodbye a little forced. I don't know. It, it didn't really fit or match that well. But the overall song, including Stormzy's bit, is fantastic. That's just me personally. No yeah, the, the only bit I don't like in Stormzy's bit is um, the bit in Stormzy's bit when he says, um, now I've got a tune with Linkin Park, yeah. which he's saying, I've got a tune with Linkin Park. That's awesome. But it sounds like he's saying, now I've got a tune with Linkin Park, like it's a chore. Now I've got to do a tune with Linkin Park. And it's always sounded like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm grateful. But, <laughs> but in... Um, but he didn't mean it that way. It's just the way it sounds. He means well. need to open that. Why you open that? Um, we're going to play our second track of the evening. And this one is Nobody Can Save Me from the fantastic album, One More Light, that came out in 2017. Please enjoy. What a beautiful... Beautiful! <laughs> By the way, me and Jesse were just, were just texting. <laughs> His literal message to me then was, can't even get through a two-minute song without talking to each other. Just messaging each other because we can't stand it. I just can't be away from you. <laughs> oh, great song, though. What a great opener to Mate. that album. of just, like, starts slow and then it just builds and... Mm, love it. It's cool. His vocals on that are incredible. Um, it's a beautiful singing. The instrumental, the way it sort of builds up is lovely. I like that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to convey this properly, but like, um, so you um, uh, normally with pop songs, like a singer will lift a line in a certain way or whatever, but Chester in that song goes down. So and nobody can save me now. Like goes down on that bit. Whereas yeah. most people would soar at that point. And I love that. I just love that. It doesn't do what you expect it to do, that song, as well as being a really good pop song. And I think that's the thing with that whole album. It kind of takes what should be the standard rules of a pop album and then goes completely the opposite direction with it. So if you're a Linkin Park Park fan watching or listening to this right now and you've never really given one more light a chance, I just honestly just sit down top to bottom and then you can message us with your hate. But I guarantee (laughs) you're going to love it. Guarantee it. Yeah. So... Number three for you, Jesse, is, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Is it underrated <laughs> or was it rated and then become under? Tell me. <laughs> this is a contentious one. I like it the is. words you just used. You just you said the same thing about three times in a slightly different order. <laughs> what I do. It's what I do. Uh, from the inside, which was on Meteora, and it was a single, so I feel like I'm cheating a bit taking an actual single. Um, but I feel like people have forgotten about it. It's the forgotten single from meteora everyone remembers somewhere i belong none is obviously a massive tune um faint but there's something about from the inside and i think it's just maybe until one more light has kind of scuppered this but until one more light came out i thought it was their most sort of 
beautiful soft song i know there's like screaming in it as well but the verses i think are just like really beautiful and gentle and i really like them and it's just got this i don't know ethereal quality to it i think the music video is wicked as well do you remember chester walking around in the beanie from yeah i used to do that so after that video came out i was what 13 when that video came out so i was like it was the winter and I'm like, I'm going to put a beanie on and just walk around town looking sad. <laughs> yes, that's what Chester no one's filming. Did. <laughs> hanging out. That's what Chester did in that video. Man. So that was my life. But um, it's, I, it's just lovely, man. It's not even lyrically. It doesn't even speak to me that much. I've ne- it's just a pre- it's pretty, lyrics are pretty generic, really. There's nothing particularly deep about this song, in my opinion. But I just think the sound is great. Um, their live CD-DVD combo, Live at Milton Keynes, which they released in 2007 after the release of Minutes to Midnight, um, they this they open with One Step Closer, which is a shit-hot opener. Um, yep. And then this is the second song that they play. And it's just the perfect second song for a set. Like, you started with that energy of One Step Closer, and then you've got this sort of gentle sound coming in, but with screaming as well. It's just a great, great tune like live tune it just really fucking works in that set list it's amazing oh definitely i think um linker park live is definitely a conversation we need to have mine mine and jesse's favorite hobby is to sit alone and watch um live music and linker park is the perfect example of that of just solid wall-to-wall hits it's the perfect lockdown hobby by the way if anyone hasn't um done this (laughs) is to just get drunk sit in front of your telly, put YouTube on and just find full gigs on YouTube of, and particularly of Lincoln Park. There's some amazing ones, but any bands you like, you know, if they're big enough, there's going to be some really well recorded, good sounding full sets of them. And it's great. Just get drunk, sing along, pretend you're there, but you're on the comfort of your own sofa. It's amazing. We've been doing it a lot. We've, uh, yeah. <laughs> so much. We've we got a bit of a problem, so we need to look at that about that. Uh, I'm getting messages, apparently, that my song uh, bummed everyone out. One more like. <laughs> One more. Oh, no, you chose um, Nobody Can Save Me. Nobody Can Save Me, but everyone's saying that like, the album that they, they were listening to, they associate so heavily with Chester and his death that people are kind of struggling to so sorry everyone um, yeah that's true i say it is a downer it's you're not you're not going to get cheered up by listening to that album but everyone needs sad music sad music's important yeah but now we got from the inside which i think is a uplifting kind of track yeah. and you <laughs> Good. close enough closest that we're gonna go but you're right i think it is honestly the one that has been forgotten this is why i was kind of um and ahhing when we were talking about it and also I was listening to a playlist earlier of underrated LP songs to get inspiration because I was really struggling. And from the inside came on and I went, is this un-? like, this comes back to the earlier conversation where I was saying about how I just associate these songs with you and me listening to them a hundred times in your basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were the biggest thing in our world, weren't they? So it's baffling to think that they're not the biggest thing in everyone else's world. Mm. Um, just before you play this as well, um, Mr. Han's um, little scratch that drops into the where Mr. Han drops into the um, sort of the heavy guitar at the start of the song. I'm a sucker for that shit, man. I love a good little DJ scratch dropping into something, and that's what he does at the start of this song. Love it. Beautiful, beautiful. We're halfway through the episode, people. We've got three more songs left to play you from the underrated Linkin Park back catalogue. So when we come back, please let us know your favourites in the comments and some happy memories. But for now, here's from the inside, from Meteora 2003.
from the inside. Might be wrong about this, but listening to it then, that might be the only Linkin Park song in 3-4, or 6-12, I suppose it's in, time signature. Ooh, um, ooh. Most... Uh, time signature 6-8. 6-8? Fucking hell. Um, well, yeah, no, it's 6-8. Um, That's the drama. Yeah, but it's... Um, I just fucking... I don't read I don't, it. I, I was watching you, Jesse was having a little drum sesh as he was going along there and, and having a great time, and for people who don't know viewing, Jesse is a actual professional live living drummer, which is great. But... When we were kind of friends back in the day, before it all went to hell. When um, we <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, I never knew you much as a, a Linkin Park drummer. Like, you never really covered or wanted to learn their stuff. Why was that? Never, ever learn your favorite songs because they ruin the songs for you. That's sort of always been my experience. Descendants is my other favorite band, right? Um, I just avoid um, playing descendant songs and same with lincoln park just because you learn them and then you're listening to them all the time because you have to get it just right and it ruins the songs for you so i always stay away from songs i really really like so all those days of us playing green day and lincoln park uh and blink 182 together that was all a lie to you well no yeah no it's weird isn't it you don't have to spend a lot of time with those songs but blink 182 maybe you do but yeah travis but but travis barker was a different thing because he was my hero right so i just wanted to completely emulate him by the way i was thinking about this earlier um and i don't want to oh but firstly um listening to that from the inside and um, that's why linker park is so fucking amazing because like um people who dismiss them with the new metal of the early 2000s or whatever you listen to a song like that and just listen to the instrumentals of it and like you've got the regular instruments and then they've got this electronica on top of it it they've got a fucking organ here like all the cellos and stuff like that they've got piano just these epic built up sort of instrumentals behind all their songs even in the early days which just no one can compete with like in that sort of genre of music no one else was doing that it's amazing no. and i think meteora was that kind of perfect example of that i was saying to you earlier i was struggling um between songs to pick from and i almost went for don't stay off uh of lincoln park's meteora but if I was to play an alien, if they're like, what does Linkin Park sound like? I'd probably play them Don't Stay because it comes in with that kind of Mr. Han scratch and then it's got some of the guitar and then you have Mike and then you have Lincoln scream and you have Chester screaming. Uh, it's, it's words. And then <laughs> I just think it's the perfect epitome of a song. And from the inside is exactly that as well. You go, what are Linkin Park? This. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. By the way, I was thinking earlier, do you think I'm cursed? Um context so i had three heroes when i was a kid um they were chester bennington from lincoln park mm -hmm. chris benoit the wrestler and um travis barker the drummer from blink 182 yeah. now um chester's no longer with us chris benoit is no longer with us in a big way and um travis barker um close close es exactly escaped his fate in that plane crash so the th my three heroes, two of them are gone, and one of them barely escaped a fiery death. What's going on? <laughs> Sorry, this comment popped up at the best time. <laughs> spot on, uh, Lincoln Dark, spot on. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe you are, and this is why I'm glad you don't idolise me and you kind of have a... Um, I'll never happen to worry about that. It's good. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live to see 50. That's, that's the goal. But yeah, maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't like anyone else. Just, I just need to stop liking people. That would be helpful. Um, excellent choice. Meteora is 
weirdly an underrated album shouldn't be bizarre it feels so it was so massive to our childhood i used to walk to school listening to meteora in my discman that i had in my inside pocket in my blazer discman who remembers a discman (laughs) (laughs) so if we break down the top albums i told jesse i'd come with statistics i told you at the start to show hybrid theory sold 10 million uh units meteora came in at six million two hundred thirty four thousand Number it's all right, f- isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to go hungry. Let's just say it's that. It's not rookie numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, number three is Minutes to Midnight, as I was telling you. Third most popular album. Uh, 3,343,000. Then Reanimation at 1 million. And then Live in Texas, just over 1 million. Those are the top oh, five selling albums. Because, yeah. But then, then, like, after Minutes to Midnight was the a sort of internet era downloading and stuff sort of coming in, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. So that was kind of the problem because uh, A Thousand Sons, which I'll be talking about in a second, did barely like, I say barely, like 900,000 sales. <laughs> but, That's crazy. It's such a good album. I know you're not a massive fan, are you? No, no, but the song I've picked for now is uh, is one of my... Fuck it, should we... Should we actually, there's one more comment. Uh, I love Linkin Park songs, but my faves are from the early albums as they made me an LP fan, Crawling, Numb and Such. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're totally... If this wasn't... If this was a best Linkin Park albums episode, not underrated songs, um, they'd be, be in there. Episode ever. They, yeah, they'd be in there, definitely. They're amazing songs. Why do we never make life easy for ourselves, Jesse? Why do we have to go underrated or underground and all this crap? Well, it makes it interesting for us, right? I don't want to just talk about the same old shit everyone else is talking about. This is true. So speaking of A Thousand Sons, my or the number two pick is Wretches and Kings. Nice. Uh, So you're not into this album, are you, generally? No, but fucking love this song, mate. Nice. Great. I love this whole album. I think it's this is the first example of people who are moaning at one more light being too poppy. This was a fucking, like, euro dance album (laughs) (laughs) like just that they just released out the blue a political one like it's sort of there's there's loads of war themes through the whole album yeah quite heavily political this song ridiculously so yeah and they put it to a eurovision beat and like i love that i just love how mental it is yeah i 100 agree and this song um wretches and kings so it was a very kind of heavy political kind of album and when i play it at the beginning at the start there's a long not a long talking bit but it's a, a strong political song and it's got an excerpt from mario savio's uh, bodies upon the gears or operation of the machine speech that was delivered in 64 and they put a real kind of hip-hop influence over it but also it's so synth heavy this song it's ridiculous when you hear that kind of first opening guitar and how much synth they've put over the top of it. It's just, Mwah. and this brings back so much memories of me and my friend, Mike in Canada. He used to have just this Jeep truck and we would just slam this on as loud as we can going around Nanaimo, which is like the smallest port town you've ever seen in rural Canada. We're like, <laughs> hated myself, but it's such a good song. And like, Probably the best driving song. If we're doing top five Linkin Park driving songs, this will be number one, Jesse. That's in the future. That's we'll stick that on the list. <laughs> when we get desperate, episode one hundred. <laughs> uh, so you're right. Retch, uh, a thousand suns. Sorry, kind of has that element of being underappreciated again, but has a lot of fantastic tracks on it, and I'm guilty for it as well. I've I skipped over it when it first kind of came out um but it it needs a lot more attention and this song has so many remixes to it so if you like this 
there's at least six other versions of it out there somewhere. Uh, one of them has a great kind of NWA remix to it. So check that out. But uh, this is our number two before me and Jesse battle out to talk about our number ones. So here is Wretches and Kings from A Thousand Sons. Enjoy. Banging. Thumping. Oh, just you feel fucking, pumped. Just heavy, right? Yeah, love it. I just love the, like you said, so hip-hop heavy. And like the sort of bass and the drums, just heavy as shit. It's so good. It's just wicked. Yeah. It's such and a good album, man. It is, yeah, and it's. I'd say that's probably the most aggressive on the album. Definitely the most hip-hop-y that, that's on there. And I think that's why it kind of resonates. Um, there's a quote from Mike and Chester that said that the speeches that were used in the songs on the album really helped to achieve the connection between the words and the music. And the speech really resonated with still problems that are going on today. And I like Linkin Park taking their little political push. They, they do it in quite a lot of songs, but in a very subtle way uh, that you wouldn't go, oh, Linkin yeah. Park's a political band. But they fucking are. That's where you agree, Jesse. Yes. Oh, he's dead. I'll carry on the show by Sorry, you're, dro- you're dropping out all over the place for me. Sorry, you were dropping out all over the place for me. I don't <laughs> know what it's like for everyone else, but I think you're... Oh, I've lost him. I have the live show to myself. So now I can just talk about Reds and Kings for the whole time. Um, coming up, we have Jesse's number one pick, if he does rejoin us in the end. Uh, he's back. Back. I don't know what's happening. It's this crazy lockdown internet, right? So England are in lockdown for any Americans listening. So whenever when we went into lockdown last time, the internet was fucked because everyone's just on it all the time, right? So I reckon that's what's going on now. Is everyone wanking like a gibbon, taking up the internet bandwidth? <clears throat> well, if I wasn't here with you, I'd be with them, mate. I'd be joining <laughs> them. I'd be British solidarity. I'd be, yeah, I'd be surfing down the stairs on a nope, wave no, of steaming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, we finally yeah, arrived uh, from the same album. From the same album, Jesse. This is Jesse's pick for his number one underrated Linkin Park song. I'm getting freezies again. Sorry <laughs> if you can hear me. <laughs> I don't know you call uh, it did you just like dramatically? Did you dramatically just introduce iridescent? And I was really just there staring. Up and <laughs> I've got the freezies. <laughs> Okay, Iridescent. Uh, this is another song on A Thousand Suns. Um, turns out it was a single. I didn't know that because, like, when this album came out, I was sort of beyond caring about stuff like that. I just like the album. Um, but I, I think it was in one of the Transformers films as well, um, or like a slightly different version of it. But again, don't not really bothered about that. I think this is just. A beautiful song. I think Chester sings it beautifully. It builds up really well. It's um, so apparently it's about like coming through a nuclear war and you're on the other side of it now. And it's like, okay, everything's fucked, but it's time to rebuild. But that doesn't have to be a nuclear war. That can be anything. That can be like your life. That could be a relationship. And <laughs> I, just, I just saw the comment from Lincoln Dark. Yeah, sorry, that was gross, mate. But um, stay tuned because I could get worse. Um, <laughs> It's um, iridescent is just so like uplifting and sa- it starts and it feels like it's going to be a really sad song. 
again, spoiling it for anyone else listening. But it, so it starts as a sad song, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be like, oh, like horrible. And then it builds up, and it's like, oh, actually, no, because you're coming out the other side, and you're a better person for the shit you've been through, and that's awesome. And that's what um, this song basically is. And I just think it's a really, really good tune, builds up beautifully, just a really good pop song. I, I got to be honest, I didn't know it when you sent it to me. I, I wasn't sure. And then obviously I had to download it and make all of these videos while Jesse played the Switch. Uh, and it, you're right, it's beautiful. And it's not kind of what I expected uh, from from the song. And I think it lends itself, as you said, to that kind of A Thousand Sons has that kind of beautiful melody to it as an album. And we were speaking about this earlier, the hardship of you were telling me about how Linkin Park don't pick their own singles, right? Why do I always ask some questions where he freezes? <laughs> Sorry. What were you asking me? I heard you were asking me. You're basically talking like the titles of the reanimation track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always I'm in character. I'm always in character. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was saying is that you were telling me that Linker Park didn't pick the singles. It came down to the... Um, producers or the record labels yeah the record label yeah what War- so warner brothers the record label they'd have a r men and stuff like that who would decide they'd give them the album and they'd say okay these are going to be the singles because lincoln park or mike chalote sort of have said in interviews that like we are shit at choosing singles like the songs we think are going to be massive hits and not and the ones we're less bothered about seem to be the ones that everyone fucking loves so they're like almost too close to the project so they leave it to the label and the label do a good job i think i think they do a um, great job singles well yeah because i was doing a shuffle the other day of like just listening every time i found one i was like yes this is this is an underrated banger googled it it's like this is sold gone platinum and is their single out (laughs) fuck this is not gonna work so um yeah well done warner brothers for for picking some great songs Oh, not well done for shitting on Johnny Depp's career, but well done for picking Lincoln Park singles. Appreciate it. <laughs> that's all. A, that's all a ruse. Don't worry. J- Johnny Depp will be back in um, Fantastic Beasts before you know it. They've publicly fired him, and they're like, "Don't worry. Like when all this flushes out and everyone realizes that Amber Heard's a cunt, and you're like, all right, then um, they're gonna bring him back, and it will just cut. And also because like people don't want to watch J.K. Rowling films right now, right? Because everyone hates her at the moment too. Right. So right. this, so this, suddenly Johnny Depp's going to be this returning hero to the Fantastic Beasts films. Everyone's going to go watch them. So this is all just a marketing thing to get that, that lost audience. That's my conspiracy theory. Oh, it's better than conspiracy theories. I have to look at Instagram all day, so I appreciate that a lot more than. <laughs> than the rest of it but this is jesse's number one pick mine is coming up in a little bit and then we'll let you guys go enjoy the rest of your evening but coming up for number one for jesse is iridescent from thousand suns do you feel cold Bloody beautiful. Doesn't that build up beautifully? Yeah, that's lush. I just love the way it builds. It's so positive. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a positive song, but by the time it finishes, you're like, yeah, fucking right. Let it go. Move on. Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Excellent number one pick, Jesse. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the album needs a lot more love. I'm going to go back and listen to it and, and give it a little bit more TLC. That's what you I do should. with my album. I've- I've realised that, like, Linkin Park 
Linkin Park's shift in genres has actually sort of played into my maturing musically as well. Do you know what I mean? So like I, Miriam, Meet You, came out when I was a young teenager and it was just perfect for me then. And then I started to develop my musical tastes a bit, getting into other stuff. Then Minutes to Midnight comes out, has that perfect sort of well-rounded sound, sort of more grown-up music I, I don't know if that's sort of fair to say yeah and then sort of you I get into sort of electronica sort of music which is something I still work with quite a lot today um in my job and um that's when a thousand sun sort of comes out and it's got that electronica vibe then um uh living things which is a great album because that's kind of harking back to their roots but in a it's still got this mature feeling to it um then you've got hunting party which i have to say is the one album that i've never 100 percent got into from lincoln park um but one day i will properly sort of get into that album and then one more light which is just one of the best pop albums ever made well i was gonna say while we're doing my number one i would like you because i like being mean to you i would like you to rank the lincoln park albums when we come back to end the show so that's your task while we listen to the final song you must rank all of them from best from worst to best or best to worst however you feel just all the just all the mainline lincoln park albums main like, mainline so park albums. We're, we're not we're not we're not putting reanimation in there or recharged or anything oh like it'd that. be exhausting be exhausting be never like yeah, just just the that. main just the just the main line yeah all the lincoln park and jay-z exactly that god fucking hell by the way why haven't we talked about that the when lincoln park and jay-z ep came out um collision course it was like fucking hell that was like Game over, I didn't man. know that. Yeah, I didn't know they could do that with music back then. Like as a 13, 14 year old when it came out, I didn't know that you could do that with songs and make it so seamless and amazing. Numb Encore is just fucking a masterpiece. I think Collision Course is the greatest pump up album ever. Like on the rare occasions I attend a gym and I have to do some exercise, <laughs> Collision Course is the one album I'll put on. And I'm just like, yeah. And it's fantastic. So more of that, please, in the world. Thank you very much. Now, yeah, more mashups. Well, what they did is, so it, that was an MTV mashup, right? So they um, MTV um, told Linkin Park and Jay-Z to sort of do a mashup together with the idea of doing loads of them. Like children. And Linkin Park and Jay-Z did it so well that it was like, oh, we can't do anymore because none of them are going to be that good. So what's the point? saved himself some time i guess why why, why done them but yeah if if no one's heard it i'm sure you have if you're watching this you're a lincoln park park fan but uh for our regular listeners go check it out for sure now my number one is going to be a bone of contention between myself and jesse benz because he told me earlier that this song was not a favorite of his which surprised me so my number one pick is no more sorrow would you like to rebuttal first? One of my least favorites. Wow. About this why? song? Yeah, why? I, uh, it's um it was their first political song before they were ready to be political in my opinion. Okay. Ah, he's gone again. My favorite thing ever, Jesse being cut off when he's shitting on my stuff. So now I'll just tell you why I think it's great. So no more sorrow when it kicks in is i feel the biggest pump-up song you can ever hope to experience when that first little bit kicks in and it's like and then the drums hit in 
if I was going to be a professional wrestler one day again, then I feel that my entrance would have to be coming in to No More Sorrow because it has that pump-up vibe. Uh, by the way, my new favorite thing, besides me cutting you off talking about Pointless, is you just dropping out when you're on a rant. Right, this is a conspiracy, right? Oh, so I, so I don't like your number one, and I drop out, I get kicked out of the fucking chat. Ridiculous, I'm not into this. I'm, I would never I do that. suing you. Democracy um, manifest. No more sorrow. So hang on, before you jump into that, I'm sure you were just saying about why it's great. I'm not a big fan of no more sorrow. I'm sorry. Um, it's political before they were ready to get political. Um, mm. A Thousand Sons was obviously a political album. They nailed it on that. This song is about George Bush, and it's just a bit. I don't know. It just feels a bit. Um, Twelve year old yelling at his dad is my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's how I, that's how I've always felt about this song. I'm really sorry, but it's just my own personal preference. Like we can't like get everything, can we? Can you come into it with fresh eyes, though? Come into it with fresh eyes. I was saying saying to the listeners before you abandon us that it's just the best pump up song when it comes in with that really like me 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 guitar and then the dun, 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 dun. it's just a good fire you up song and just gets you kind of like in your belly kind of ready to go and fight a bitch so that's to me why it's so good and when you're talking about minutes to midnight as an album this was literally their first kind of departure from that new metal sound and it's when they start to experiment with genres and i think a lot of songs kind of hit on that within this and obviously if i could pick one song it would be given up without a doubt it's my favorite lincoln park song of all time um but i couldn't because it's very popular so i have to go for my second favorite on this album Actually, no, my third favorite, my second favorite is Bleed It Out. But again, very popular. So it, it's just kind of got that really cool element. Also, Jesse, did you know that this was also the debut at number one on the chart? So it's their third consecutive number one record. I did not know that. That's very interesting. Third consecutive number one debut. Excellent. So it's for me, it's a pump-up album. And, got- and, they're, and they're last, I imagine. Yes, and they're last, unfortunately. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bloody good. Uh, so for me, it's oh, hang on, we got a comment here. Justin said when I was at the LPU summit that he didn't want to tell people what the songs were about in case it ruined someone's ideas of the songs may mean. Never knew no more song was about the bush things. Today you learn. Jesse, you're ruining it for people. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Bracket. I'm an elder. Um, but for the rest of you, please. <laughs> please join in with me and just enjoy the visceral beauty of the song. Uh, apparently this was a very frustrating song for them to record when at the end of the record, this was done. Chester left. Mike noticed that uh, one of the words was not doubled on a vocal take. So Chester had to come back to the studio and record that one word. And that was the very end of no sorrow. So Jesse, you ready to hear the greatest Lincoln park underrated song born ready. Boom, baby. Oh, Woo! I was in drumming position when we came back. I was like, yeah. Fire me up. Yeah, that's got heavy drumming. That is good drumming from Rob Borden. Great drumming. We just talk about, we always talk about, that's the thing with Linkin Park, right? 
Um, we talk about Mike and Chester, who are obviously really important, but the rest of the band yeah. are fucking ace. They're just not like anywhere near the front and they're quite happy staying in the back. So we've got Brad Delson on guitar, who's amazing. Phoenix, who's a stunning bass player, um, great cellist as well. Um, Rob Borden, who is a really fucking good drummer and a good pianist as well. And also brings um, his own air conditioning guy. unit, which I really enjoy. He always has the most insane fans at any live Yeah, gig. yeah, yeah. Like bringing his hair up. It's, yeah, it's great. And uh, Mr. Han on um, DJing, who also directs the majority of their music videos, interestingly. He's, um, he's a very talented dude. Um, they are a good band, all of them. And they obviously are... not. I quite like that they're not sort of fame hungry. Do you know what I mean? They've sort of like, you're the front man, Mike and Chester, you do your shit, we'll just get on with our shit. All of them were very lucky to find each other, I think is the thing that makes park. <laughs> They're all so weird and talented and ridiculously talented. And to find that mesh of people is what makes Linkin Park so fantastic. You said it yeah. great when we were watching the live in uh, Rio gig. Chester, with his vocal style, is so lucky to find a band like Linkin Park. Or if you flip it the other way, Mike is so lucky to find someone like Chester who can sing like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mike is one of the greatest songwriters and instrumentalists of our generation, I think. And but he hasn't got the greatest singing voice. It's fine, but he hasn't got a singing voice that could do the amazing songs he's written. He just happens to have stumbled across one of the greatest vocalists of our time who has been able to sing all of the great songs that Mike writes. It's just a perfect partnership. Yeah, yeah. They they married up perfectly and found themselves. But those were our six underrated Linkin Park songs. We started off at number five with and then we came in with <laughs> Nobody Can Save Me and yeah. from the inside came in at number three Wretches and Kings at number two Jesse's Pick Iridescent at number one My Choice No More Sorrow but now right. Jesse the hardest part of the evening you must now rank Linkin Park's albums from at least favourite to favourite. Let's not say best to worst. They've all got the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm counting seven main albums. Is that what you've got? That's what I've... Fair, fair. That's what, I, that's what I've worked out. There's seven main albums, not counting remix albums and other stuff. So um, in seventh place, I'm putting The Hunting Party purely because it's the only album that I haven't given proper time to. And I'm sure if I give more time to it, I'll love it more. And you and me actually watched... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Nicky. <laughs> I see Nicky's yes, jumped in the chat. Uh, yes, I am that guy from Pointless. Hi. Um, no autographs, but um, if you come visit me, we can sort something else out. Um, so um, Hunting Party is number seven, because I haven't listened to it that much. Um, not, that, But I haven't really got into it. We watched the um, Live from Brazil gig on YouTube, which is just after... Um, which is just after um, Hunting Party came out. And those songs in a live setting are completely different to listening to the album. Um, and that actually made me appreciate it more. So I think Hunting Party would go up on this the more I listen to it. Um, next, I'm going with Living Things, which I think had some great mm -hmm. tunes on it. Um, but it's not wall-to-wall -wall bangers. Like there, But there are some good songs on there. Some nice folky sort of influence songs as well, which I'm a big fan of. Um, next is A Thousand Suns, which is just electro synth madness i love that they were so brave to do such a mental sound the sales reflect how brave they were and <laughs> um i think like that but i love that i love that they did that it was like fuck it this is what we feel like making we're just gonna make some crazy 
like euro pop music um and have a bit of a laugh and that's what they did um next is minutes of midnight because that i would credit that album with transitioning me as a kid into more grown-up music quote unquote um are you laughing because i use the words transition i just was picturing you looking all pretty as a woman yeah i know what you would do thank you um and so like you had me you're in hybrid theory which were like obviously amazing but minutes yep. to midnight sort of yeah did get me into sort of adult music and um, then we have then we have one more light because i think that is just a fantastic pop album and obviously with chester and everything it's even more poignant than it was when it was initially released um just a great album and then meteor and hybrid theory i'm putting a joint first because Ooh. they were both um just so important to me as a kid they i like music because of those albums i wasn't bothered about music until i heard them really and I was quite a late bloomer with music. So, like, mm-hmm. Meteora came out when I was 13. I, I had no interest in music before the age of 13. This wasn't even bothered. So those two albums just got me. I just got obsessed with Linkin Park, and that just got me into any music I'm into now started with Meteora and Hybrid Theory. Beautiful. I couldn't have put it better myself. I think you've nailed that number one slot, Jesse. This has been lovely. We should do this more. Just music chat. It's nice. We talk about all sorts of bollocks for lincoln park fans who have found us i know there's some of you here um we talk about all sorts of bollocks every week it's not just like music or whatever but it is nice i want to do we should probably do music more we haven't done all that much probably should shouldn't we but thank you everyone for joining joining in the discussion uh listening to the songs we hope we if you're not kind of a lincoln park fan that you did kind of take away some songs and are going to give some albums a listen or if you are a lincoln park fan and you heard some songs off an album but you went not my favorite you're going to go back and listen to it so me and jesse are always around for chats especially about music especially about lincoln park we might even tomorrow put together a just an overall underrated Linkin Park playlist that you can find on Spotify. We did that for the pop That's punk. Idea. Yeah, we did that for the pop punk. I did that for the pop punk playlist. Um, but we will do it as well for this Linkin Park underrated track. So we'll come up with a whole bunch that we didn't feature on here as well that you guys can listen to. Just search Got Till 5 on Spotify and it will pop up. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. I haven't decided what it is yet, but stay tuned to the socials to find out. Jesse, if they want to find information, where should they go? Uh, there's a little website with all of our stuff on and it's called gotchill5.com beautiful and that will take you through to the twitter page where we're most active and happy to chat with you on the daily that's it that's the end thank you to lincoln park for making the greatest music and brought me and this beautiful bastard together uh we're best, we're best friends because of lincoln park we're sitting here today 20 years later uh because I, was thinking, of I was thinking about that earlier right so in my um so when i was like 12 years old i would sit in my bedroom chatting to you on msn or whatever listening to lincoln park and now i'm 30 and i'm basically doing the exact same thing <laughs> we just moved that's the only difference and then we like we found a way to live <laughs> yeah, exactly. into the world that was the only difference that we found um, thanks for the lovely comments everyone it's been yeah. really nice bye bye it's been fun playing with you guys. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Please uh, rate, subscribe. If you haven't already, if you're new to the show, find us, Got Till 5 everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast or to the Twitch and YouTube channel, which we're on now. Have a wonderful time. We'll see you soon. Love you dearly. His name is Jesse. My name is Max. Ta-ta and farewell. Bye!